Big Sloth. Nice knowing you, Spider-Man. Wait, excuse me? The entire world's about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Everyone? Uh, can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So my girlfriend's just gonna forget about everything we've been through? I mean, is she even gonna be my girlfriend? All right, fine. Everyone in the world's gonna forget that you're Spider-Man, except your girlfriend. Thank you so much. Oh my god, Ned. Okay, let's not change the parameters of this spell anymore while I'm casting Okay, I'm done, I'm done. I, I swear I'm done, I'm done. Nah, but my Aunt May should really know. Did you, did you just stop talking to me? I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, Lars Periwinkle. How are you doing? I'm okay, money. How are you? I'm good, man. I, yeah. Just, you know, trying to recover from having my mind blown. What blew your mind? Well, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> this is so, this is such a corny, we didn't pre-plan this, but it feels so pre-planned. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, uh, why? It's funny you should ask. Because, no, we're going to talk about Spider Man. <laughs> we both saw. Yeah, turn it, turn it off now, folks. If you haven't watched it, because we've we gave a few week grace period, but good lord, did we just need to? We needed to do this, folks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This needed to exist. Uh, it's probably dropping over your Christmas vacation, so. Uh, I don't know, maybe you can like sneak away from your family and listen to two nerds talk about Spider-Man, which is maybe more pleasant than the conversations that are happening in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Build back better. I have thoughts. Oh, Lord. Be no, Jesus. nope. <laughs> no, but but no way home. We do have thoughts. So. All right. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. This, when did you can, can I ask um, under what circumstances did you see the movie? Uh, panic because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm very fortunate that um, I get invited to screeners like to screenings usually for for Disney movies like they're very kind to mm-hmm. me. They invite me to stuff. The problem is Spider-Man uh, is a Sony, you know, like it's a partnership, but Sony is the one right. who handles the screenings. Uh, so they did not invite me to an advanced screening and I I realized fully that I'm very lucky to do that. It's a neat, extra cool thing that I get to do, and I never take it for granted. But it's funny because all the like, even like Endgame and Infinity War, you know, I saw those before other people did, and mm-hmm. it's nice because then you've seen it and you enjoy it, and you get to see it in a vacuum, kind of like you know. But this. I really, uh, I ended up seeing it on Saturday afternoon, uh, 
but like I was scared. <laughs> or sorry, Friday afternoon. Um, okay. Yeah, because I was I was like the second day. I didn't see it Thursday, so I didn't see it the day it came okay. out. But I saw it Friday afternoon. But like that twenty four hours of knowing <laughs> that the internet has seen a movie, and especially like. <laughs> Especially this movie, because like, I think we all kind of knew going in, like there's going to be, and it might not even mean crazy. And I would even say as we get into it, like, I don't even think there was anything in it that like completely was like, oh my God, like if I had, you know, like, I don't know what you would spoil, except that like, I just, I just had that of like, I wanted it. I wanted to experience it myself. I didn't want to have, like, I avoided reading reviews i didn't want to see like a metacritic or rotten tomatoes score like i just wanted to see it myself before the internet told me how to feel about it <laughs> right 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 I, f- I feel like we um <clears throat> uh need to talk to our producer um that we we never talk about our producer yeah. and we should because he does really good work yeah i think that's it is our producer is so busy that you the know very busy producer yeah. because he's in high demand do you, do you um, come but on? if i could just Hold um on. ask our producer under that story right there if you could just put like some some really nice violin music some like really yeah. sass like some itzak yeah. perlman violin oh, music oh. because uh because mr murphy had to wait and see a movie like normal people have well, to do that's why i i tried i knew and look it's totally <laughs> fair uh to to roast me for it because yes <clears throat> i realize how privileged i am normally but like i just want to say like no i'm glad i'm yeah. almost glad like yeah. of any movie i'm glad that you felt the panic that the rest of us did of like gotta like excited to see the movie like it is it's mostly joyful excitement of, I really want to see this thing. I can't wait to see it. But there is always that underlying panic of got to see it. I got to see it. I got to see it. I got to see it because the internet is a thing that is in my pocket all the time. And because I, I am always searching for these things, then an alert will just pop up. You know what I mean? Like, like I will get a text from my wife and I go to check the text and it has given me news that I didn't want to know about. (laughs) You know, No, it's it's very hard to avoid. And yeah, it, it's a strange thing because it's like, yeah, you want to enjoy the thing. But also, yeah, you just have to outrun, you know, yeah, the people. yeah totally. And also also for these. I I like going to see the Thursday evening previews, which I did this time. Um, especially at your your independent movie theater, shout out to the Senator Theater in Baltimore, Maryland. But um. I like going to a local movie theater on the Thursday evening screenings because we're all there for the same reason. People didn't show up just because, oh, I heard this movie might be good or I just wanted to go see a movie. Everyone in that theater is of a singular mind of this is one of the things that makes our life worth living. Yeah. (laughs) Love, love it so much. And here we are all together. We're going to watch the damn thing. Here we go. That was, uh, that was delightful to see it, uh, which also, I mean, you would be surprised even at like, you know, at the critic screen. And I think people maybe think that it's like a bunch of guys with monocles, like sipping martinis and be like, hmm, not cinema, which they they're there. Those guys definitely yeah, are there. watching, but they do like usually do a good mix with those screenings of like making sure <laughs> actually excited fans <laughs> are also in the yeah. theater. But no, it was cool to be. 
Uh, I won't give a shout out like you did because it wasn't. It was a chain theater that I went to because I saw it in IMAX. Like, <gasps> I know. I wanted to see. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to see the IMAX screening. Also, oh, I bet that the, was fun, man. The IMAX. Yeah. Plus, it was like the place that had a bunch of screenings. You know, it was like the okay. easiest because, like, I literally I wasn't sure when I was going to see it, and I drove up and was like, okay, I know, like, I just know you're going to have. Whatever time I show up, there will be within uh -huh. 30 minutes a screening, uh -huh. you know, like a, a showing. So like, yeah. And it happened that the IMAX was coming up. So I was like, That's yeah, great. doing it. You so. love it. Give me you love to this. You love to be going in to see a movie and there are people dressed up as characters in the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a person wearing a Spider-Man mask, you know, yeah. people wearing Spider-Man costumes and buttons. And there's like a, there's like a green goblin guy or whatever. Like it's, you just, I don't know. There, there's, there's nothing for me anyways, that really equals, um, really equals that atmosphere um yeah and a i'll couple say weeks ago <clears throat> oh i was just gonna say real quick one yep. one of the things that you could tell it's different is you know like everyone i think at the critic screenings like you know there's like an appreciation but the everyone's kind of there's a more professional vibe literally like when the marvel logo flashed there was mm -hmm. cheering and clapping and like names of people, I think Kevin Feige got cheers. <laughs> like it was no like, shit. You love those applause yeah. breaks. There were two. Um, the movie referenced two memes that got an applause break in my theater. Yes, because you you said the thing. Yeah, it was the the pointing guy. Definitely that got reaction. The pointing, and also I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they did both of those got. Uh, I mean, you love it. Yeah. You love it. I went. I was only going to compare it to. Um, I went. With uh, my my friend Carlos, who will never be on this show, even though I've invited him, he has no interest. <laughs> um, he got us tickets to see um see a band. I haven't been to a concert during this whole pandemic. Like it, it's it, it was weird being there, and I was kind of nervous. But it's um uh he's he's gonna he's gonna he would kill me if he ever listened to this show. But I, two things. I can tell you about Carlos. He loves music. Um, as far as I can tell, though, he listens to uh, first and second wave ska and the Beatles. And that's what Carlos listens to. So he invited me to see one of his favorite bands called Streetlight Manifesto, um, which is a great, great band. I only started listening to him once he bought, bought me tickets to see them. <laughs> and it was great. But like, it was that it was that same vibe and like we're all in um uh you know we're all in this this big venue and everyone is like like sweaty and wearing masks and we're all at least half drunk and we're all bouncing up and down to this uh to this ska music and everyone knows the words to every song i was pretending to i had a mask on nobody knows i was just <laughs> pumping my fist with everyone and it was that that singular mind of like we're, we're all we're all enjoying this thing is that the same as just like sitting in a theater watching a movie and then applauding when something we recognize happens i don't think there's a one-to-one -one, but it's close yes you know what i mean it's still yeah. that vibe of like we're all like like our souls are linking arms. Yeah. You know, I will say, and I, I thought about this a lot during the pandemic. I mean, a moment that I thought of when I was really missing movie theaters, like just the experience. One of my favorite 
moments in all of movie history uh, uh-huh. was watching Avengers Endgame, which again, I saw at an advanced screening, but it was yep. a packed theater. Uh, it was on the Disney lot. I'm not bragging. I'm just happening to mention it was on the Christ on <laughs> No, but uh, when Captain America, like they pan out and he is holding Mjolnir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone lost their uh-huh. mind. Like it was seriously, you would have thought the Beatles. Those, those, those people's monocles fell out of their eyes. Yeah, I think those people even cheered. I think like somehow... It's like the end of the Grinch who stole Christmas. Like cynicism died in that moment. And literally everyone in the theater was excited for that reveal and cheered loudly at the screen. And I like, like it gave me chills at the time. And I, I still feel like that's the bar that moment, just like cinematic reaction wise. But I will say this movie got close. I think a couple of times to like, Oh, damn close. Damn, damn, damn close. Now that, now that we're, done setting the scene with how good we felt about walking into the movie let let us tell you about this movie yeah well that's maybe that's a good way to jump in what do you think got the biggest reaction in your theater um there were a few i can tell you i can tell you what got the biggest reaction from me Mm -hmm. i expected i expected myself because look i i'm a a pretty uh, I'm a pretty reserved person in my regular life. I know I don't come across that way on this show, but I'm, I'm fairly reserved. <clears throat> I expected myself to be hooting and hollering through this whole fucking thing. Like I was during Endgame. Um, but there was only one time where I got really, really, really loud. When we saw that Matt Murdock oh. <laughs> was Peter Parker's lawyer I yelled so loud. I didn't even hear what he said. Yeah. I don't know what he said in the whole scene. I yeah. was too busy screaming. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. I That moment is so funny to me because, yeah, like, same. Like, our theater lost their minds for Matt Murdock. And it, I, I was saying to you right before we started recording, I think out of everything in the movie, that genuinely surprised me the most. Because you kind of mm-hmm. run through possibilities. And we'll get to some of the other stuff. Like, that. you're like, maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. But, like... I, on my bingo card, like in any predictions I ever made, I did not expect to watch Matt Murdock be Peter Parker's lawyer. And I have only because, you know, you know, we, we live in a world where you follow the news and I knew about all these deals being made. I knew that, you know, I I shouldn't say I, we all knew that this, um, this moratorium they had on the Netflix Marvel characters was up, you know, they had two years, the two years is up. So now they can be introduced into the MCU. So you expect to to see him show up. Um, You know, I don't want to spoil anything for Hawkeye, but there were murmurs about that. Yeah. And so just like it was kind of in the back of your head. And I thought maybe you might see a, a shadow of one of these characters or something, or maybe they'll cut to, you know, th- there's some shit going down in hell's kitchen and then daredevil shows up or something. Who the fuck knows? I, I, yeah. But not I, in a million years. Did I think in the first act of this movie, not only would it be Matt Murdoch, but he would be Peter Parker's fucking lawyer. Right. Like, yeah. And I had even specifically, I think just because, you know, people love daredevil. So you knew, 
you knew that like of those characters, Daredevil was probably highest on the list to show up, you yeah, know, sure, and sure. and probably the easiest to integrate in some ways into the yep, MCU. I think but, he's he's the most innocuous character of but, the of the four that were that were on Netflix. But I think if if I had even guessed how five, always five, I, I know. keep forgetting Frank Castle. Sorry, yeah. Frank. Uh, I thought you were just leaving out Iron Fist. <laughs> right i should delete that one for fuck's yeah. sakes but uh but yeah like i i think i if i had been asked to guess uh you know in my head i like i would have expected to see karen or foggy show up right or right. like some reference to them you know like like i didn't expect to see daredevil and i i thought maybe they'd like tease him maybe maybe in like one of the post credit scenes or something but yeah just him being at the kitchen table just there just he's no sitting there he's just there in aunt may's apartment are you yeah. fucking kidding me that's matt murdoch for fuck's <laughs> sakes yeah and it's that's a funny moment too because that's when i wonder again you and i both went to like the super fan screenings but i'd be curious in a screening with like you know some mix of uh you know huge marvel fans and like normal people the amount of people that like hear people cheering for him and are like what for the lawyer <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Am I supposed to know this fucking guy? Yeah. He's a blind lawyer. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, but no, I loved that scene. And I loved when he caught the brick. Like it was just, um, yeah. man, I, w- I was so, I was so ecstatic, but like, uh, it, that was, that was great. Also same. No idea what was said in that scene. I, I like, I'm sure there was dialogue, but didn't catch it. You know, yes, my my inner child was screaming into yeah. my consciousness, so I, yeah. I didn't hear anything that was that was going on. Uh, um, yeah. To answer your question, I think I think because of all the speculation and everyone knowing the other two are going to be in this movie, just knowing it, yeah, and everyone categorically denying it, yeah, not just like not just saying well go see the movie they were saying no absolutely not not they are not in this movie just they're just not yep and so when andrew garfield showed up people lost their minds and then a a a few moments later there's toby mcguire yes there was there was an uninterrupted applause that probably lasted well into 90 seconds into whatever establishing dialogue they were trying to convey at that time yeah yeah, it's funny because uh, in real life, I have been in the same restaurant as Andrew Garfield. He sat down five feet away from me, and I have to say, I went, oh, that's Andrew Garfield. But when he showed up yeah. <laughs> in this movie, <laughs> I was so ridiculously excited. And look, we can we can go ahead, you know, we can go ahead and get into that now if you like, because we just introduced introduced them. Yeah, for me, look, there, I, I, I have been indifferent about Andrew Garfield's career. You know, I, uh, he's he's fine. Like his, I think he, they did him dirty in in his stint as Spider Man because I think Peter Parker was written really poorly. Yes, and those movies overall just didn't work and that's not on him and i never blamed him but he's the face of it and then in other movies i thought like he like he's fine like i think he was good in the social network but also i didn't like that movie yep i would um, agree with all these opinions you, you you told me because i didn't even bother to watch it um that that war movie he was in 
Yeah, it's not good. Like, I remember you and Molly, like, not liking that movie and thinking his performance was ridiculous and over the top. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's kind of the impression I got. We, in our household, if people saw that movie, regularly quoted the scene. It's supposed to be a very dramatic scene where he's being, like, taken out on a stretcher. He's just going, my bubble, my bubble. Like he's, he's trying to say my Bible, but he's going my bubble, my bubble, and it was just something very funny about like the <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. No, that movie was very silly. Uh, but yeah, it's, so for me, and it was like I never disliked the guy, and nor did I think he was a bad actor. I was just like Andrew Garfield's there. I don't yeah. know. I think he would be. I thought, I thought this is a good character actor who has become a leading man. That's happened to a bunch of people before, where they should be in the background, but he's a leading man, and I don't get it. Well, and it's funny because I recently rewatched those Spider-Man movies. Uh, I guess I can I'll tease the idea that uh, we, we ended up doing them. They'll, they'll be airing in January for Silver Linings Playback. Like, oh, we, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because also I timed it because I, re- I wanted to watch them before this too, like before. Yes. Uh, but like, so yeah. is, that, is that the theme for the month? Yeah, we're doing all Are you Spider- watching Sp- yeah. Spider-Man movies. Yeah, January is going to be all Spider-Man. Bad Spider-Man. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Uh, but uh but yeah, so I, those are fresh in my mind. I just rewatched those movies. And it's, it's funny because the first Amazing Spider-Man is like, it just would be, you'd probably like it if Sam Raimi hadn't just made a great Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> like where it's like, you got Spider-Man. It was everything that you hoped it would be. It was super fun and awesome and very Sam Raimi and very like full of personality and life. And then... They made an okay Spider-Man movie after as a reboot. That's not a good move to be like, it's like that, but everything's less good. Like, like, <laughs> like they didn't, because what the first one, I don't think they did anything wrong. I don't think they're like, well, that's not true. I, cause I agree with you. I don't like the way Peter Parker is written. And I actually don't like the way Uncle no. Ben is written. Uncle Ben's kind of a dick in that movie. <laughs> Uncle Ben kind of sucks. And also Peter Parker is cool. He yeah. should not be cool. Yeah, he's a cool, handsome man, which is not yeah. Peter Parker. Um, Stop it. But so but with that aside, like the actual plot of the movie and everything, it's like it's a mediocre Spider-Man story, which I like Spider-Man. It's so, whatever. We got to yeah. watch him get bit by a spider again. Give me a right. fucking break. Right. So there's that. And you're. The, you know, like, so all of that. And then, then they made the second one and, uh, that one's very bad. <laughs> like, it's, it's really bad. It's, um, <clears throat> never in a million years would you think you'd be watching, watching a movie and say, uh, I think they're being racist towards Russians. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they did. That's one of those, that's one of those nationalities where it's like you can just make fun of them and it's okay but this is too far they went too far with this (laughs) i i was introduced to paul giamani as an actor the first thing i can remember seeing him in it was a movie private parts where he was regularly Mm. called pig vomit and Uh was uh just like the whipping boy of howard stern and yet it wasn't until amazing spider-man 2 that i was like i feel like this is demeaning towards paul giamani yeah yeah this isn't right no uh yeah um, it's no that w- it yeah. was yeah they they didn't work now that being said yeah not only not only did they fix andrew garfield's peter parker but for me personally they fixed andrew garfield like well, i'm a i'm a big andrew garfield fan now yeah i mean that's what i wouldn't have guessed was like sincerely and so to kind of get to yeah all of this like first of all yeah the biggest reaction by far in my theater was 
when that man's face appeared. When yep. when Andrew Garfield showed up, people lost and it their was mind. Pre- and it was preemptive in my theater. Like when he they they opened yeah. the portal. Um, I say they opened the portal. Ned, <clears throat> um, put respect on that Ned, man's when name. Ned, when when Ned opened the portal yeah. of all people, and you saw a a person in a spider suit turn towards it and start to walk towards it an uncontrollable noise yeah like a, a roar like you've like a roar that you would hear at a super bowl yeah same and you know what's funny about that too is there was something about it that everyone was getting excited and you saw spider-man and like you i, you, I couldn't quite make out his costume at first i actually thought the first second you saw him because he was in an alley like you know in a back alley i thought it was yes. gonna be toby mcguire because it looked more like when he throws the suit away in spider-man 2 like that kind You're of right. shot yeah that that was the shot um i didn't i didn't think it was toby because um uh andrew garfield's suit had a lot more detail on it well, and that's the detail i saw but yeah, the shot was very reminiscent yeah. of spider-man no more i'm just saying like when the portal opened and we first yeah, saw yeah. it my first that was the thing is i was like taking it all in and i was like this looks like the spider-man no more shot and then yeah like you see this suit and you can get more of the detail but like my sure, initial sure. thought was like and again because everyone cheered the second that portal opened, <laughs> but, uh, yep, but yeah, then he knew. took the mask off. But no, I would totally agree with you that like, I same, I didn't have a negative opinion of him, but I didn't really have an opinion of Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. but like he crushed it. And I, I would say probably of look like the original cast, like I'm not, but of the people added into this movie from other Spider-Man movies, I'd probably rank him number two in terms of performance and reaction. <laughs> no, yeah, a hundred percent. Number one being Willem Dafoe. Obviously, Willem Dafoe is number one. Absolutely. Like with a Absolutely. bullet. Like Dafoe, <laughs> we'll probably talk about a lot. But like, and Dafoe, I would have guessed would be number one. I never in a million yeah. years would have guessed. No, not at all. And yeah. I, like I, you know, I wasn't trying to rank rank anything beforehand. Um, but 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 yeah, I'm I'm with you. I did. If there was one thing I didn't expect at all, it was that there this was going to be an Andrew Garfield redemption story. Yes. Of like we're just we're going to I mean, and it was a redemption story for a lot of them. It was like it was like we're going <clears> to <throat> I'm going to spend a little time because it's not that difficult and fix all these characters that got fucked up in the mix and all these Spider-Man movies. I'm going to bring them back, fix them real quick. They're going to go away. Um, but that's that's how I it was like the director saying that's how I want you to remember them. That's yeah. how they should have been in the first place. And he's not wrong. Yeah, he's a hundred percent right. That's the way they should have always been. Yes. I can't. I cannot believe. Like, you think a a, a, a fun a fun little Spider-Man movie changed my opinion on a human being. Right. I like Andrew Garfield now. Yeah. <laughs> I had no opinion on this man before. Yeah, and and it's funny because yeah, it somehow he played a completely different version of Peter Parker than he did in those movies, but like mm-hmm. in a way that didn't feel wrong because you like you said, I think because it was just like correcting, and I, and we'll probably end up talking about some of the other corrections that they made, uh-huh. uh, but it just felt very natural. But like it also just tapped into how like very naturally funny he is and how very good funny. his comedic timing is and. Yeah. Sort of the joke, which I really thought was a good way to go, was a lot of his dialogue was like, 
oh man, compared to you guys, like my adventures were really lame. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they very much played up that he's the lamest Spider Man. Yeah, like, and he and kind I, of I love, like, I love how he just went with it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no ego on this man that he could say, you know, well, for some reason, I'm Spider Man number three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, which was exact. I got, I gotta be honest with you. I thought that's that's exactly how um you would have read that line like you like you yeah. <laughs> you specifically Joel Murphy thank you but it was like you say well even though you were the second Spider-Man you're still Spider-Man number three that's exactly how you would have done it <laughs> Spider-Man number three <laughs> thank you yeah I yeah. I probably would have uh, but yeah I. You know what really got me to, because yeah, I'm trying to like, this. I don't want this episode to be six hours long, and I feel like there's so much to talk about, but like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess just since we're on Andrew Garfield, maybe we'll go character by character. Maybe that is a good way to tackle it. Sure. But uh, the thing that got, really got me, and again, I, I just watched Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it's kind of funny because like, Molly was kind of in and out. I was watching it understandably, but like, she yeah. watched that scene where Gwen Stacy dies, and I forgot yeah. how tonally different it is from the rest of that movie and how yep. completely like jarring and upsetting it is when she dies uh and it doesn't fit in that movie and it feels really out of place and weird but it is horrible like it's truly horrible and yeah the funny thing is i had watched the trailer uh but both of the trailers i don't know i know you just sometimes avoid trailers i don't know if you had watched mm -hmm. them ahead of time but um uh, these I couldn't avoid, so yeah, yeah, I saw them. But there's the shot of Zendaya falling off mm -hmm. uh, the bridge that's in the trailer. And when I saw it, I did have that because it made me think of the Gwen Stacy moment from the comics, which has, like, I kind of, in my head, I was like, this is her moment, because they did it with uh, the first Raimi Spider-Man kind of did its own version with MJ, where the Green Goblin is dropping her. And then we got the moment with Gwen Stacy and Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I just sort of saw it and I clocked it like it did visually read like that to me. But I was like, they're doing it makes sense. They're doing all the Spider-Man things and they're kind of combining them. But this is Zendaya's moment to have that like fall where, again, like Tom Holland is going to save her. And yeah. that was what I expected. And then when the scene happens and he jumps after her, I'm like, OK, this is exactly what I expected. And then he yeah. gets knocked out of the way. And Andrew Garfield comes in and grabs her like it hit me in a way I that did not something. expect like me either. I thought I wouldn't give a shit about that because yeah. I saw like he gets knocked out of the way by that fucking glider, which yeah. has killed more goddamn people. <laughs> um, it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, it should be registered. Someone <laughs> should do something about that glider. But it knocked him out of the way. And when Garfield dove past, I said, oh, this is uh, I see what's happening. This is going to be cheesy as hell. And then moments later, it happened, and oh my god, it got me. It I, got me so hard. Uh, and I think that's a testament to Andrew Garfield, because I actually think it was his face. Like, yes, because absolutely. he somehow conveyed, I needed this more than you. Like, uh -huh. like I had to be the one to save you. Like, yeah, I, I know I just saved your life, <laughs> and if I hadn't done that, you'd be dead. But honestly, this this saved me more yes. than it did you yeah, like it really conveyed that completely that like you yep. know and he uh, didn't do it he didn't do it over the top yeah. they didn't play some kind of cheesy no, music they really face. just they put a button on that moment in the most yeah. elegant way possible and then move the hell on yeah you know uh which, it's not it's not his movie it's his yeah. movie but it's not his movie yeah but i i love that moment um i guess 
because it, it'll probably be more fun to talk about the villains. I, I feel like we should. I don't want to not talk about Tobey Maguire, but I also I just I liked him, but I don't know that I ha- like I've always liked his Spider-Man. I liked him mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, I thought they got good comedy out of his organic web shooters. You know, yes, they got good comedy out of that. They got good comedy out of the outfit he shows up in. Yes. Yeah. What is it? I think it is Andrew Garfield who calls him like a yeah. youth pastor or something. Yeah, you're going to be fighting dressed up like a youth pastor. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Um, but also. Uh, you you can like you can say what you will. I guess we all have our our own criticisms for our different Spider-Men. But um, I'll tell you what, like as far as being Peter Parker goes. Tobey Maguire did it. Yeah. Like, he was a great Peter Parker. Right, and I think that's why it's interesting that they they chose to have him show up in street clothes, because it is, like, I, I think that's the right move. You're you're trying to set Garfield up for success, yeah. so you show the Spider-Man suit first, but, like, with Maguire, yeah, you kind of want to see Maguire, like, honestly. Like, yeah, he yeah he was just great. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like, um, <clears throat> um, he's like our, he's our Michael Keaton. Like, he, yeah. he's just like, you were great. You did, you, you had your stent, you did your thing. You nailed it. You moved on. It's. I'm glad to see you back in the suit, but you did it already. You know, you yeah. were you were great. And we it's just inter- missed you. It's interesting, too, because I think out of everyone in this movie, he's the one that I could see might have been a tough sell. Like they might have really had to convince him, you know? Well, y- 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 you say that, but then you saw Tobey Maguire show up in this movie and you think, well, the last time I saw Toby, that's McBride. true. No, that's that's right? totally fair. But and th- th- not to say that he doesn't deserve work or he hasn't been getting work or or whatever. You just think about, you know, it isn't. Well, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What did yeah. we pull you away from? Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on back, be Spider Man, man. Come on. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, but no, he was good. I I don't I don't know if you have anything else to say about him. I feel like we <laughs> nope. Toby right. Wire is cool. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Let's talk about Alfred Molina. Yep. Yeah, god damn it, I love Alfred Molina. And <laughs> I I think they wisely he got the most play in the trailers, and I think that was the right yeah. move. And he's the I first agree, one yeah. to show up. And I think that's also smart. And it was it was one of those things where it was like you kind of knew like if you'd seen the trailer, it was very obvious that he was about to show up because Peter Parker is like, I need to talk to this school lady in this like traffic on this bridge that has been in the trailer. That's way. Oh yeah, and let me just real quick because I, we we got a lot of people to talk about. But that was Paula Newsom. Yeah. If you want to see Paula Newsom do great work and also watch a great TV show, um, uh, watch that watch that show whose name I just forgot on HBO. Is it a uh, Vice Principals? Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Watch that show. Yes. Look, you're gonna think you're gonna think why'd they make a second season of that show? Watch the second season as well. She destroys it. That show is great start to finish, but she she is awesome. If you yeah. want to see some and, some more Paula Newsome. And if it helps, too, because uh, I know I feel like more people watched Righteous Gemstones. It's the same creative team, <laughs> like same creative team, yeah. kind of the same sense of humor. Yeah, but it's it, it's it's vice yeah. principles. And anyways, I, I really like Paula Newsome. It was yes. good to see her. No. And she yeah, she's great in that. Uh, <laughs> also, yeah, like a, a great scene outside by was it train tracks in my memory, but like in vice principles, like when she, yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Cause she, yeah. she following a long tradition, possibly started by Robert Redford, continued by Julia Louis Dreyfus and, and many others. Mm-hmm. She is uh. a 
fantastic actor being uh, underutilized in a bit yep. role in a Marvel movie and making a big paycheck. So who gives a fuck? You go ahead, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, so- but yeah, but it was great to see him show up. Um, I loved how they, um, look, if there's, when I think when I start to like, you know, I'm still a kid, so I still make up, uh, Spider-Man, uh, storylines in my head because it's fun. And when I do, he's fighting Dr. Octopus. And when he's fighting Dr. Octopus, they're like on the side of a, building and doc ock is like throwing cars at him and shit so yeah to see him on an overpass and he's just fucking everything up trying to get to spider-man i am all in that is what spider-man is to me yes yeah and somehow melina looks exactly how he did in the comics without actually looking how he did without that like bowl cut and like that that stupid bowl cut yeah Yeah. totally totally yeah also also like that is so that scene is so so definitively Spider-Man for me because Dr. Octopus is showing up and starting this huge fight with him while he is trying to get his friends admitted into a college. Yes. Because that's the shit he's always trying to do. He's trying to take Aunt May to the doctor. Yeah. He's trying to finish a test. He's trying to go see MJ's play. This is the kind of crap that he has to be at yeah. while being Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, they nailed that. And then also, I think the thing that they've consistently done better in all the Spider-Man movies that they lose track of in other Marvel movies is like, he also has to save all these people. Like, because Dr. Octopus mm-hmm. is just throwing cars at him. And so, indiscriminately. Yeah. yeah. So he has to continue, including the admissions woman, but like, also everyone else like he's saving a ton of people uh which is great like that's uh, yeah so i love that scene is a great introduction uh melina is always fantastic as dr fantastic Octopus. like his it, like i liked what they did with him um with the character because he he was just sour the whole time yes. you know what i mean it's yeah. just like doc ock is just in a bad mood a hundred percent of the time yes. he's never happy he'll never be satisfied yeah. even if Spider-Man, you know, just stepped back and said, you do what you want, Otto Octavius. You figure out what you want to do and you just do it and I'll stay out of your way. He would still be pissed off. He (laughs) is just, he's just, he's just a dickhead. He's just (laughs) going around being a fucking prick all the time. I also, it's funny because it had never occurred to me, but it it is kind of like they touch on it in the movie, but I honestly think they could have even gotten more mileage out of the fact that like his entire thing in, uh, uh spider-man 2 is that he's trying to build an arc reactor and then he comes to this universe and finds out that tony stark built one in a cave with scraps (laughs) (laughs) a box of scraps (laughs) but like i think it is funny that he has to see the tiny arc reactor that tony stark Uh made like power of the sun in the palm of my hand oh yeah tony figured that out yeah so it's it's over but yeah no he was great Um, he did it to satisfy the hippies Uh, but yeah, that was delightful. Um, do we want to talk Jamie Foxx now? I love to talk about Jamie Foxx because they fixed Electro perfectly with with even the limited amount of screen time that Electro had. Well, first, the first of all, thing that happens, I'm not purple anymore. Yeah. 
Awesome. Why were you ever purple? Why were you a purple guy walking around in sweat socks? Yeah. That was ridiculous. I'm so glad that's not you anymore. Well, also, they just out of everyone in this movie, like we talked about the way like with Andrew Garfield, it was sort of subtle. And you could even if you hadn't seen the amazing Spider-Man movies, you might not have even noticed. But straight up, Jamie Foxx, they're just like, you're a different guy. Like you're just different. They fucked you up. They did you dirty. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, We're not going to make please you just do it again. Can you do it again? But better. Yeah. And apparently Jamie Foxx was 100% on board. <laughs> but yeah, well, sure. I mean, he probably saw what he looked like with two pocket protectors and a comb over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, seriously, the that man, like. He plays such a parody of an 80s cartoon nerd in that movie. Yep. Like, no, he's it was not horrible. a human being. So horrible. But yeah, I, I'm totally down for them to just, especially in a movie with this much going on, that's this crowd, just be like, yeah, okay, you're just different. Uh, like, we don't have time to get into it. Just, yeah, but we're not going to do We're that. not going to try to even try to explain it. Just, um, you're awesome. And people yeah. will accept that you're awesome because you're awesome. Yep. And your Done. character design is better, too. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think and I think he played it perfectly because like I said, he didn't have a lot of screen time to establish any of that, but I yeah. think he nailed it. And I mean, yeah. like, I mean, it's Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Like, it, you know, uh, of course he's going to. He knows how to do his job. And interestingly, like that he was, you know, again, like this is the right order where it's like Green Goblin, then Octavius, then him. Like he he was third on the depth chart in terms of like screen time and presence in this movie like you know yeah um, most definitely and also threat level yeah you know like yeah, yeah. he's he's a he's really powerful especially um uh and it's great that they wrote it into the script like recognizing what an arc reactor could do for an electro right you know yeah uh so that was good i maybe we should just quickly touch on i mean they phoned in lizard and i think that's fine yep that's fine. Um, he was phoned in the first time. You can phone him in this time. He was phoned in in the comics. Yeah. You know, there was like there was he was always a werewolf sort of character of like he doesn't yeah. he made a mistake. He doesn't want to be what he is, but he's kind yeah. of dealing with it and kind of enjoying the power. But whatever. Yeah, yeah but they they basically they sidelined him as much as possible. He didn't really have anything to do. I honestly I didn't think they got rise with Reese. How do you say that guy's name? Uh, Reese Ethan. Mm. Or, is that right? Did I probably put you? Uh, yeah, Reese Ethan. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. at first, I wasn't even sure if he was. They got him because like Lizard wasn't even talking. <laughs> like it almost seemed like that's right. He was just grunting in a corner. Yeah. yeah. So I thought maybe they couldn't bring him on. But and of course, it's so indicative of who the character Peter Parker is because he's such a fucking nerd, right? And then you're looking at a dungeon full of his biggest enemies, and it's four doctors. Yeah. Four doctors and then random criminal. <laughs> uh, well, so that's the other thing that. Um, yeah. So then you, we got Sandman uh, yeah. with Thomas Hayden Church, which yep. he got a significant amount of screen time. I will say, look, my I love this movie. We're going to rave about this movie. My most pedantic note is it seemed like it kind of understandably the sand was yeah. like because they invented technology to do that sand effect in right. Spider-Man 3. I'm going to guess they didn't bother to get the same company no, to do it again. It, no. it was noticeably not as good. And not I also good. I don't know if you thought that like I, I would love I love to watch that 
Disney Plus show where they do like the behind the scenes. I forget what they call it, yeah. making the universe or something, whatever. But like mm-hmm. they, they do one. I really hope they do one for Spider Man because I would love to see how they did all this with all the cameos and everything. But like my guess would be specifically with those two actors, with uh, Lizard and with Sandman, I'm gonna guess that they went to like Disney's lot in California, yeah. recorded their lines uh, like in a recording booth. And then probably both stood in front of a green screen to get the one shot of their human forms for the end. And that was probably their entire involvement, that they never interacted with the rest of the cast. They probably snuck them in, you know, like one day when no one would notice to kind of whatever, you know, like, but they they seemed like they were probably CGI the whole time to so you didn't have to have them on set uh, and that those guys probably just. Like I said, they were probably in a sound booth recording. Dialogue. Yeah, and maybe maybe it was to maybe it was to save a buck. Um, I, I thought for a moment with Reese Ethan, it's a little different because uh, well, I'm yeah, man. I don't mean to sound like a dick here or anything, but they did. I I thought I thought that they just did a really good job on Willem Dafoe and Alfred. Real- Molina's um, makeup to make them look like they did, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But it turns out they did use that de-aging technology, which I can usually see. Wow. I can usually see the seams around that, but I didn't notice it this time at all. No, I didn't either. Like, that's funny. I actually, yeah, until you said that, I didn't even realize that they did. Yeah. And and, and just thinking like, maybe they they just didn't want to take the time and do that with a Thomas Hayden church or a Reese Ethan or a look, we all age. So maybe they were just trying to save a buck there. I really couldn't tell you, but I kept, I was what I was concerned with when they were not showing Sandman was that they were getting someone to do a really good Thomas Hayden church impression and they had not asked him back or he had refused. So I was really glad to see his face at the end of the movie. See, that's funny. I was thinking that with lizard, like that, that maybe that was someone doing an impression or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's just, it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of thing, but yeah, they were just noticeably more CGI and not there. And like you said, and like, not there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's them. So that's all of them except for one. I, so, so much joy, so much joy to see the Green Goblin fully realized by Willem Dafoe. Straight up took him off the leash. Yeah. Just you be the most Green Goblin-y Green Goblin that anyone's ever seen. Yeah, it's one I love that they they fixed look the Raimi movies are some of the best comic book movies ever made just period like they they stand the test of time they're fantastic but I think one thing they do correct is that mask that Willem Dafoe was in and you get to see his face but I love Dafoe so much but the the power of that man the thing that I truly appreciate is they do the twist right where Uh, uh, uh and again there's another scene from the trailer where Peter thinks that Aunt May is in trouble, so he runs into the the center where she's working. He like rips the mask off. He's like running. It's a very panicky thing. And then it's twist. It's it's uh uh it's Osborne. It's Norman Osborne, and he's just like looking very sad and frail. And it's this is the whole thing where like May's like, oh, he came in and he's he's scared. 
and you're watching it and just logically my brain knows one we don't want this and two you don't hire willem dafoe unless he's gonna go to 12 so like Uh you're watching him (laughs) but here's the thing he's so good that even though it's the most telegraphed heel turn in the history of movies you still are into his performance when he's being scared norman osborne who wants to help you know that so he's good. going to turn on him, but it's so fun to watch even that part where he's yep. just like, oh, we're just two scientists helping each other. Doop, doop, boop, uh-huh. boop. Like, look at me. Yeah, I'm we're, so we're having a great, we're having a grand old time. And the yeah. whole time he's doing it, you're making a jerk off motion with your hand, yeah. like bullshit. Yeah. But he keeps lulling you and yep. lulling you into it. Because the thing about Willem Dafoe is he is the scariest person in the world and he's He's so good at making you like him. Yeah. Well, he also so he keeps he keeps lulling you and lulling you and you're like, something's not right. So when and this is a really interesting thing that I, I like what they did when when the Spidey sense is going off and he walks into that room full of his biggest enemies and he you see him looking around and then you realize he's trying to figure out who the asshole is. Yeah. There's an asshole in here who's pretending not to be an asshole. Yeah. And who is it? I honestly think that might have been just on a pure technical visual storytelling, like, you know, sort of all the senses storytelling, like, you know, what a movie is just on that level. The best thing that this movie does is that effect that, you know, that it's a spider sense. You're watching him. And just that reveal was so expertly done just on a technical level. And I. I really appreciated that moment so much. And it's cool. And then and Defoe's brow goes down yeah. and then the points of his mouth go up and he makes that that terrifying guttural laugh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, and it's also in a way it's like a nice homage to the original Spider-Man because one of my favorite Willem Defoe moments from that is at the very end and to your point about the glider where he's doing the thing where he's like He's doing the same thing that he's doing in this movie. Like, he, like he's a wounded animal. Yeah. He's a wounded animal. He's appealing to uh, Peter Parker's humanity to be like, oh, Peter, thank God it's you. Like, I, I was under the spell, but I'm, I'm normal now. And he's only doing it to buy time to get his glider so that he can ram it into Peter Parker. And the, he's against a wall. Peter's in front of him and the glider is rising up from the background. And the thing is, spider sense goes off. Peter jumps out of the way. And what I love is... Defoe, there's this moment where his face changes and he just goes, oh, like because he hadn't thought it through. It was so I want to kill this guy so bad that he didn't piece together that he's in the way of the glider that then impales him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. I'm also here. God damn it. But like and that's his death in that movie. And it's amazing. But yeah, like his ability to hit that switch and just to be. And it's yeah, like, and, and look, he, it's, it, it's great storytelling because that's, that, that's, here's something that Sam Raimi got right. And I'm only saying this because I'm about to, I'm then going to say something he didn't get right. But the thing he got right is the Norman Osborn and more importantly, the Green Goblin. He did, he did, he's done it in the comics. Well, more than once because the way comics work, you die all the time. Um, and he did it in that movie is. He is awful. He's a fucking terrorist. He, he's just a killing machine. And then 
and then Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man tries to stop him, but doesn't want to kill him. Green Goblin then ends up killing himself with his own glider and Spider-Man gets blamed for it. That happens over and over again. And that's, that's one of the things he's known for. And it's a pain in the ass. But the thing that Sam Raimi never showed that I really appreciated in this one is that the green goblin can beat Spider-Man in a fist fight. He always can. And he's like, he's riding around on that glider. He's got his bombs. He has bombs that do different things that seem to be very convenient for the time. But when it comes down to it, when he has to fight, spider-man in hand-to-hand combat he can always beat him he's strong he's super strong he is relentless and he's not he's not even that good at fighting he's just big and doesn't give a shit and it is stronger than spider-man which is fucking terrifying he's stronger than spider-man well and he has no line like there's no line he will just keep going and that's what i got even we just had that one fight scene that was I mean, it was epic, but it was one and I got all of it right there. They're going through the floors of this building and he's just ramming Spider-Man into shit. And that's what I've always I thought was missing from that Green Goblin. Well, and I I think that is the thing. It like it's it's such a like a, a both like super like watchable, but also truly awful combination of like because I, I really love him in the first Raimi movie, but he's also he's a little cartoony because there's like the Spider-Man like he's got uh-huh. that kind of like like he's kind of being over the top in like a Raimi like way that sort of I don't think it ruins the character, but it, it softens the character a little bit. And it's in this movie, it, take, it takes the edge off. Yeah, for sure. And in this movie, he's at his most vicious, like his truly most vicious. And he's up against our most precious Spider-Man. Like our softest precious little boy, our softest (laughs) little dove of a Spider-Man. And 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 I'm, you know, no offense to the other ladies, but our most beloved Aunt May. Yes. Yeah. And okay, so I guess we should talk about that scene. That's fine. Because not only like not only did he kill that woman, but right before he did, he told Peter that he's going to thank him for it later. Yeah. Like. Well, and, I'm about to murder this person that that's the closest to you on planet Earth and you're welcome. Well, and he's also he's doing an amazing thing in that moment, too, which is weirdly I'm going to reference like The Revenant, which is a, a movie that I really enjoyed. But it's like he's essentially he's killing Aunt May and setting up the stakes so that even if you kill him in retaliation, he still wins. Yep. Like, like, I'm I'm going to bring out the worst of you by doing the thing I'm about to do. And you're really going to like that about yourself. Anyway, your aunt's dead. Yeah. And it's it's awful the way it happens. Like, it's truly Mm -hmm. upsetting. Um, It's awful that they linger on. Like, and it's funny because that is a weirdly particular pet peeve of mine that I I think it's overdone and it's usually not done well. The like person takes 10 minutes to die and has a conversation. Yeah. But like in this moment, I think because you don't want her to die and you're like, I think you're just hoping yeah. like, you know, that she's going to die. It, but yeah, and I think you hear those, um, you hear those stories about folks. That's why I thought it was a, a real, really realistic way for a character 
um, to die because you hear those stories about someone who who has a mortal injury and they stand back up and they're like, I'm fine. Like, I'm yeah. fine. I just like I got the wind knocked out of me, but I'm, yeah. I'm really OK. And then they collapse and they have a, you know, a mortal wound. Yeah. And it's there. And in that and in that sense, I thought it wasn't really done in a melodramatic sense. I thought no. it was pretty realistic. Um, it, watching watching him hold her while it happened. Look, heartbreaking. But yeah. then who? Sorry. I just welled up a little bit, but watching Dude, then happy yeah. pull up to the scene and get out of his car. And like, he gets understandably surrounded by the authorities. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And so he's being handcuffed on the hood of his car while he's watching what's going on in the building. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And it's, yeah, because so, yeah, I can't handle Tom Holland crying. It really, no. like, oh, my little boy. Yeah, he's like, and they knew that. They knew that in Infinity War because they make it so upsetting when he, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Stark, I don't want to go. Like, and he's so. Go, stop saying, come on, man. We yeah. need to talk about something else. But yeah, then they do it in this movie. And so I'm already getting choked up watching Tom Holland watch Aunt May die. And then they, yeah. it's like they sat there and were like, What's the worst thing we uh -huh. can do to heighten this right now? Oh, how about the other person that loves her truly in this world? What if he... And now you have to watch <laughs> Happy, watch Peter, watch Aunt May die. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. It really is like an improv scene where they're just heightening how sad they can make it. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It was... Yeah. Oh, man, it was horrible. It's, yeah. It's like earlier you saw Happy at his recliner with his... With his stupid breathing machine his on because he's got apnea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's, yeah, so all of that, um, yeah, just mm. fantastic. And, and like, I really did like, that. that's the thing too, is like, you don't get a clear sense from the trailer, like what, I mean, maybe there's hints, but like, this actual arc of the movie, this actual, like, because... You're doing Spider-Verse and we saw a Spider-Verse and that one was like about mm -hmm. anyone can wear the mask. That's the theme, you know, and it's sure. about yep. watching an origin story for Miles Morales. But like, what is this one? What's it going to be about? And it's like, it really is about, you know, you are living two lives and you have to choose one, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. and it's so they use the multiverse to be like, here's all the different lives. You know, it's a multiverse. Mm -hmm. Now, here's all these possibilities. Also. That's kind of what Norman Osborn is doing by getting in his head of like, I'm going to choose for you. You're going to live the right. like because he even has dialogue. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he's like telling him like, you're a god and you're wasting your time right. like trying to be this like basically you're Spider-Man. And to exactly your point, you're why are you bothering trying to get your friends admitted into college? You're fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, go you're be Spider-Man. Spider like, you shouldn't. You should stop being Peter Parker altogether. Yeah. And yeah. the way you're being Spider-Man is also wrong. Yes. So I need to court. I need to course correct for all of this because yeah. you're doing it wrong. And that so that becomes the theme of the movie, this idea of like him having to choose. And that's why the spell gets messed up, because he originally he's like, I want everyone to forget that I'm Spider-Man. But then it's like. But wait, except these people yeah. and these people and the and then it's all the caveats and the end decision that that screws it up. And then that sets up uh, the ending, which I don't know if we should talk about the ending yet or if we should talk about um, anything. Is there anything else that we need to talk about before the ending? I guess there was there, there was one thing. There's one thing. Well, there's one thing that I want to ask you about, but there is one thing that we didn't talk about. OK, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, you know what we didn't talk about? What? Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Um, did, did, did you need to? No, I I thought 
this in a like I thought that overall the movie was well paced. I actually thought this scene where they fought went on a little too long out of everything, maybe. And oh no shit, because that was really a highlight for me. But I mean watching watching Spider-Man take on Stephen Strange in the mirror dimension really blew my fucking mind because I ne- you never thought that would happen in a million. What years. I loved was what I was going to say is I thought like I, I, I think you could have trimmed it a little bit. That's my own personal preference. But fair enough. That being said, when he figured out that the mirror dimension is just math and uses that to beat him, I adore yeah. that because that's such a Peter Parker solution and it didn't feel like a cheat and it did. Exactly what I wanted to do, which was get Doctor Strange out of the story because he needed to not be in the story. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah. I liked that a lot. Um, I, yes. I, not, only, not only was it very Peter Parker to just notice the patterns, it was very Tony Stark to yes. notice those patterns yeah. and be able to be like, oh, your magical mystical horse shit is just fucking geometry. Give yeah. me a break. It also, I mean, and I, I say that, like, get him out of the story. I think they used him the right amount because I think, like... I saw the way people described it. They kind of thought, oh, well, because all you knew was like, we're going to get a third Spider-Man movie originally. And Dr. Strange is going to be in it. I think people kind of assumed, oh, so they're just going to he's going to become the new mentor for Peter. And I really didn't want no, that. No, no, but, no. But I saw people thinking that of like that idea that like he's yeah. going to be the new which is a, Which is a fair it's a fair path to take because, you know, it, it, I think we, we've talked about it I don't, privately. I don't know if we did it on the show, pri- probably on the show. but. um when Tony Stark and Stephen Strange met for the first time, I think the writers looked at it and said, oh shit, we made the same character twice. Yeah. And I feel like they, they tried to fix that in some of the Avengers movies, but yeah, yeah, they really did make him another Tony Stark. And you can kind of see it in the beginning of infinity war when they're talking Mm -hmm. to each other. And it, it's, it's almost like when you watch all the Whedon dialogue, like it's just two guys saying the same thing back. No, no, you're an asshole. (laughs) You're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you, we selling tickets to something. I'm protecting your reality, douchebag. Like it was, they, they are yeah. the, they are very much the same side of a coin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah. So I, I thought they used him the right amount. He needed to be in the beginning and the end, and they needed to figure out a way to get him out of the middle. And they did that. You know? Absolutely. They, yeah. He needed to explain to Peter what the problem was. So, so Peter had an idea of how yeah. to fix it. I think as thing, as his career goes along and he plays, more American characters. Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent is getting better. It is. However, however, he's in a scene with Tom Holland and Alfred Molina, both Brits, and their accents are great. And Mm -hmm. then his becomes noticeably not as great. Yes. It's, I mean, there's an accent problem in the MCU. We don't have time to talk about it, but like, look, I, I love, I adore Florence Pugh, but like that Natasha, that like, like moose and squirrel accent that she does, uh, is, is distracting. I can uh, now put hot sauce in macaroni and cheese. Come on. Come it's, on. It's a, it's a bit much like, and I just want it them to do much. what they did for Black Widow with the other Black Widow to just be like, uh, you just talk American now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, but so I don't. I'm sure you have some final thoughts, but before you get to them, I need to ask if this happened to you because it happened to me. So, climax of the movie is done. Everything's, you know, quote oh, unquote. Are we fixed. Jo- wait, wait. Are, well, this is okay because I still want to talk about the end of the movie. So I don't know if you're oh, okay. Ahead. Okay, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Okay. Well, yeah. this okay. We this can lead into that, but I can okay. tell you from what happened to me personally. <clears throat> 
is that people forget who Peter Parker is, right? Yeah. And he he goes he goes into the the donut shop and that scene happens. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's sta- then he's standing at Aunt May's grave and Happy shows up next to him. Mm-hmm. And then Happy says to Peter, "So how did you know her?" Yeah. And in that instant, I realized that their relationship was so well established that I had forgotten in those two minutes that Happy didn't know who Peter Parker was. Yes. It, yeah, yeah. It completely, completely escaped me. Yeah. So when he said, how did you know her? It, that reminded me, that's right. Happy doesn't fucking know who Peter Parker is. Well, and yeah, I, I think it worked like that for me too. And it's like one of those things where again, the adorable, uh, soft Tom Holland, who I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's at his aunt's grave and it's sad and then happy yeah. hogan shows up and you're like oh thank god he has a friend fuck <laughs> that's right yeah I, okay i'm glad i wasn't alone yeah. in that because yeah. it was such a huge part of the movie that had happened moments prior right but it was still like seeing the two of them stand next to each other it's like well that's i mean that's his that's his that's his big brother you know happy well, is his big brother happy has his best interest in heart and well, then he, you forget well, and that's the thing, like, because we talked about the scene, Happy, they have that moment where Happy still remembers him, where they see each other. Like you said, Happy sees him grieving, but it's like, mm-hmm. now he's lost that. Like, Happy doesn't mm-hmm. remember that anymore. Nope. You know? Nope. And so, like, yeah, it's, um, yeah. That, so, okay. But I do want to, so I want to talk about this, this ending okay. uh, a, a little bit. Because, so first of all, I mean, I, I assume maybe people know that it's, so my first thought watching it is there was a recent, I think we talked, I'm almost positive we talked about it on the show when it happened, is this kind of mirrors a storyline that they did in the comics fairly recently where, cause, and it's funny because in the comics it was because of Civil War that everyone knew Peter Parker's identity and then uh, he and MJ were married and then they mm-hmm. did a storyline where Aunt May was going to die and I think it was Mephisto if I remember right, but like ma- basically makes a deal with him of like, I can save Aunt May but everyone's going to like, I'm going to wave a wand and you won't be married to MJ anymore. And everyone will forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like it was kind of, they did it as like a reset. Sure. So, yeah. So there's obviously shades of that with this, but like, man, so we already kind of talked about like, yeah, that, that moment with Andrew Garfield, this ending fucked me up <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> like oh, yeah it really did like i don't know how you felt about it but it was funny because like i got choked up watching it in the theater and then molly didn't go with me and i came home and i was telling molly about the movie and i got choked up telling her about the ending. oh hell because i love tom holland as a spider-man him and zendaya i really like them both together they're you yeah. know together in real life they have amazing chemistry and this movie was yeah. smart in that it it found the time in this busy movie to show them genuinely just connecting and being yeah. adorable together and like yep. the intimacy that they have and the relationship that they have and that choice so so he you know he decides like he it, it's clear what i have to do the i have to again it's the theme of the movie he's living two lives i've got to just be spider-man so the yeah. only way i can save everything everyone has to forget who peter parker is and this time it's everyone and then he has the plan he's like okay so I'm going to reintroduce myself to MJ and he goes to that coffee shop and after, again, she fell off the Statue of Liberty. She almost died. She's banged up. He sees her and Ned. They're both okay. He mm-hmm. sees the, the scar on her head 
and and mm-hmm. he comments on it and she's like it doesn't hurt anymore and mm-hmm. then he has that moment of like put the notes away she's yeah. like and it's just man like it's such a complex such a heartbreaking decision of like the best thing like i love you so much that the best thing i can do is walk away right now and you won't even yeah. know it like nope. you'll have no idea i did this but i'm because you don't know it i'm saving you from danger i'm saving you from the heartbreak of loving spider-man like it's yep. just it gutted me that choice. absolutely <laughs> yeah and look we <clears throat> ever since those immortal those immortal words were spoken by Tony Stark when he said, I am Iron Man. Yeah. We all forgot about, we all forgot about the secret identity because it wasn't a thing because it hasn't needed to be a thing for a long yeah. time. Yeah. But for Peter Parker, it needs to be a thing mm-hmm. because he's a kid. He's got a life to live. Yeah. And so to go back to it of like, of like, that's why he, that's why they all did it. And that's why he's going to do it now is to protect the people that mean the most to him. Why did, you know, Aunt May died because he's Spider-Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's a problem. It's a problem for him. Yes. (laughs) And the fewer people that know that the better. And I think that was him standing there was realizing that of like, that's why I always kept it a secret. This isn't, this isn't going to work for other people in my life. Right. Yeah. And, and then, so you have that where it's like, He's in, in a mistake, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like he's in the apartment that Tobey Maguire had in this part. It, it looks looked, like it. I was getting yeah. that impression very much. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in that apartment. He makes a suit that is the more like classic blue and red suit. And he's just, mm-hmm. you know, we end the movie with this decision that uh, he's just going to be Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, which obviously yeah. he can't be the Iron Spider Spider anymore because that was predicated on the notion that the suit knew who he was. That suit doesn't know who he oh, is anymore. He oh, can't be the Iron Spider. Man, that's so funny. I didn't even think about the suit not remembering him. Yeah, uh, yeah it's OK. So I think we should. This is a good thing. We won't go too much longer, but I do think that we should touch on some stuff because we should have a questions portion because I definitely have some questions about. Oh, well, just like I loved. So I think I guess this was the movie review portion of this, of just like talking it out. Uh-huh. I think it's clear to say we both loved the movie. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was amazing. Like it, it, it blew my expectations away. It it's, was an amazing Spider-Man movie. It was. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's all like it's great. It's it completely threaded a very difficult needle it also it felt different from into the spider-verse which was like a a bit Mm -hmm. of a like worry that i had of like you had already done a spider-man multiverse movie but this didn't feel like that at all no not even close Mm -hmm. uh so that was great no i really liked it but yeah so i think there are some questions though i think the questions of what now i think and so you kind of touched in one and i i maybe we can explore this a little bit of just like I like the decision for all the reasons I just said thematically for this movie, but with the MCU, everything must continue. So now we, I, cause I, I don't know about you. I kind of thought that this movie was going to remove Peter Parker from the MCU. Mm. Like the, they were going to end their partnership with Sony. Maybe Tom mm. Holland would go to the like venom right. <laughs> Morbius universe, but they didn't do that. They kept them in, but they, so you know, they make this, so we're getting more Spider-Man. They've already, Kevin Feige already came out and said, 
they're negotiating their their work. Well, they're, I think they've right. made an agreement to make more, but they're 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 planning what the next. It's Spider-Man. a mutually beneficial relationship. You would oh, almost yeah. call it symbiotic. <laughs> Thank you. But mm. okay, so he's still in the MCU, but nobody remembers who Peter Parker is. I think there's a lot of questions because again, I like the scene as a individual level, but like, what does Happy? So Happy knows Aunt May. He says through Spider Man, but like. What does that mean to him? Like, right. What did he think Aunt May's relationship? I know, to Spider-Man? I know Aunt May through Spider-Man. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. What does that mean? How did Aunt May, right. in your mind, how did Aunt May know Spider-Man? Also, right. Totally, yeah. Totally. So you're saying, so yeah, the, the suit wouldn't recognize him. Also, again, like all of the, the drone stuff, you know, the, the right. stuff that was willed to him by Tony Stark yep. would all be gone. Um, there's a question. I mean, does he have... A birth certificate? Does he have like a dress? He rented an apartment, but like, yeah, he, he's studying to get his GED for fuck's sakes, right? So, so clearly, like his school records are gone, right? But like, but yeah, like he is, is he still operating under the name Peter Parker, right? So there's that, or question. do you have to do you have to make up an identity, right? So there's all of that to deal with, like wh- what is his identity? What yeah, what name is that apartment rented under? Like it could just mm-hmm. be maybe somehow he. He had a, uh, well, he doesn't even have a driver's license because he's a little boy. But like, yeah. I don't <laughs> and know. Also, he lives in New York. You don't need a driver's license. He lives in New but York. But I don't know. Maybe he has his birth certificate <clears throat> and stuff. Like maybe the school lost the records. But he. But so point being, we don't. Yeah, know. you just still like physically have it though. You know what I yeah. mean? Right. So maybe I he suppose. has records. <laughs> We're really getting in the weeds here. But yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm with you. These are details that need to be ironed out if yeah. he's still going to exist on that earth. Yes. So so there's all of that to deal with. There's also. So I kind of assumed. That knowing, and so we also, so we got a trailer for the, uh, the Doctor Strange a full movie. On, a full on trailer at yeah. the end of the credits, which was very weird. It was weird. They, I've, if I remember correctly, the last time they did that was actually the Avengers. Like, remember they had done all the post-credit teasers and then straight up, it might've been Captain America, the first Avenger. I think there was just a trailer for the Avengers movie at the end. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't, but, I don't uh, recall that, but, okay. but it's weird. It's a weird thing to do. I don't like it really. Uh, nah. Because also they're just going to put that trailer online anyway. Like just do a scene. Yeah, come on. But yeah, also, scene. also I didn't really, all I got from that trailer is that Wanda is going to be in the Dr. Strange right, movie. Right. But like this, this, I thought, so again, for a lot of reasons, I thought this was going to set things up. It. I assume that that Doctor Strange will be dealing with Fallout, but like it kind of seems like everything was contained at the end of this movie. Like it doesn't actually feel like like maybe Doctor. So all this to say too, I I watched Loki. I assume you watched all of Loki. Like people watched mm-hmm. all of Loki. I don't know how this ties in with that storyline. So that you have mm-hmm. a, a TVA storyline where it collapsed. Which is they were keep because also you would think based on the way Loki presented it, if the the TVA was functioning, they would have stopped this because this would have been a deviation. So they would have not allowed any of this to happen. So you, you get the impression that maybe this happened because the TVA isn't on the ball anymore. But like, when did this happen in comparison to that? Oh, know? I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good question. That they could address it or not address it. they set the precedent that they'll probably address that in some way, shape or form, but it's a good question. 
but then yeah so how does how does loki and how does this play into doctor strange i don't think we have any sense at this point you know like it's very unclear no, no. we we yeah. really don't have a sense of we don't have a specific sense of when um wandavision was happening in comparison to this well, show i think right? that's a Man, that that is getting to be a real question overall. When did this, so this? We know this happened uh, around the holidays, which would make me think that it happened around the same time as uh, Hawkeye. Which is funny too, because in Hawkeye, um, I think Yelena, with her uh-huh, uh, amazing uh-huh. accent, said something about seeing the new Statue of Liberty, which we saw the shield on. So mm-hmm. it seems like this is happening concurrently with Hawkeye, which. That creates some questions too. Of like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, that needs to be ironed out because five years from 2018 is 2023, but then you said Hawkeye's happening in present day. So I don't, I don't know what you think present day is, but yeah. I'm a little confused. Right. So there's a lot of questions just about where we're at, but they, they do seem like they took place at the same time in New York, right? Both Hawkeye and this movie. A bit. I mean, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, who knows? And know. and as of this recording, we haven't seen the last episode of Hawkeye. Maybe it clarifies that. I somehow doubt it because there's too much other stuff for yeah. it to do. But uh, yes, yeah, they uh, they got some work to do on that last that last uh, episode. But uh, yeah, so there, there's just that's a, I think that's a general thing of like I like this movie as its own thing, and it does feel like a victory lap for Spider Man. But then, well, mm. it's Marvel and it's the MCU, so it's you already did a victory lap for the Avengers and we're still going. So we're doing victory laps while also like, I guess I would just say in a broader sense, easily, this is my favorite phase four movie, but I also mm-hmm. phase four feels like it has a little bit of like, you know, inertia in like, I'm not sure what we're doing. Like I'm, I'm enjoying the pieces, but there isn't a, like, we haven't teased a Thanos. No, we I'm, haven't with teased you. I'm, a, I'm with you. Cause this, this Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be a like a um a straight up horror movie, you right. know, and like yeah. now you got Wanda in there, and we're not even we're not even sure that she has any limits on her powers anymore. And also, great, we're keeping this Peter Parker around. I'm a hundred percent in on that. I'm a hundred percent in. If you want to be, if Sony wants to make four Spider Man movies concurrently and just yeah. be putting them out, I'm down with that too. But if this one's going to exist in our universe, in our MCU, then yes, there are some questions that need to be answered yeah. before we moved on. And I'm, I'm satisfied with basically any answer, yes. but questions but, yeah. that need to be answered for sure. I, I also do you want my, my theory. This is pure speculation, but, mm. and I don't even think this was the plan, but based on everything we talked about it and based on, again, I think fan reaction, I have a weird theory or at least idea that I think Andrew Garfield could end up being the Spider-Man of the Venom universe, because it feels like that universe needs a Spider-Man. We all like him based on this movie. Uh, and to, I, cause I, I really thought that Tom Holland was going to end up in that. Like I thought they were doing multiverse to be like, somehow he gets stranded sure. in the universe that Sony owns, uh-huh. but they didn't do that. But they own the, the you know, Sony has the Andrew Garfield character outright. Sure does, yeah. And there's going to be this renewed interest in him. And sort of like, I think we all now are like, man, that guy didn't get to do a good Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I would be curious. But then it's like, so that's the other thing too. I so that's my theory. It was just like I said, I just wanted to get that on record. I could see Andrew Garfield ending up being the Spider Man of the Sony verse. But the other thing, there was a completely. Uh, I I I haven't seen Let There Be Carnage. I did see the first Venom. I don't really know. Like those, that movie was okay. But uh, we got a Venom, uh, Tom Hardy teaser credit thing that also left Venom in, you know, left part of the symbiote in this behind, universe, yeah, in Mexico. And also, where did he disappear to? Because he doesn't know who Peter Parker is. So where's he going? I thought that too. I thought that too. Like, well, I so I took it that he was in the this universe, but yeah, so he's disappearing back to whatever universe he came from. But yeah. How did he show up when he doesn't know the identity of Peter Parker? And that's the other thing, too, is like the spell was contained. So we only got the two other franchise characters. Right, right. Conveniently. But yes. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think that is a it doesn't really make sense that he was there. But also that seems to be teasing. I mean, if I can be clear on one thing based on everything we've seen, all available evidence, it seems like Sony really has a boner. For Venom. They, yes. And so I could believe that that was them really wanting Venom to be in the MCU. I, I'm down. Come on yeah. with it. But, but now, yeah. I, now I have to watch those fucking movies, though, because I, I haven't seen those. Well, again, I, I think that those would be separate. Like, I, I got the impression. I mean, if you're leaving the symbiote behind, I would guess that you're going to do like a Tom Holland. You're going to do Spider-Man 3 again. Like Tom Holland is going to get this. Sure. sure. You know. He doesn't have any friends, so he'll become friends with the symbiote. There you go. Yeah. But there we did. I wrote the next Spider-Man. I did it. Boom. <laughs> uh, what happened to Flash Thompson's book? That's what I want to know. Did it disappear? <laughs> Holy shit, bro. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, well, that's, I mean, look, I, I do have those questions about how the spell worked. Like, so there was footage that Mysterio had, even if no one remembers who Peter Parker is, did that footage just blow up? So I. <laughs> Good call. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. Also, we didn't talk about J.K. Simmons, which I think is oh, fair. Yeah. He was great. He's great at this character. Yeah, he was he was great. And I like that they did that like uh, cable news blowhard version of him. I'm we into can that. say Alex Jones. He's very clearly Alex Jones. Okay. okay. Yes, he's Alex Jones. Yeah. I mean, if it was ambiguous before, they literally had him hawking some sort of like snake oil pills. Yeah. In the movie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't mistaken about who he is. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think we did it. Yeah, I think, yeah, the only thing I wanted to add is um, it was really nice to see Aunt May and MJ um, do a reading of my sign-off catchphrase <laughs> Oh, when they were walking by and they said, don't say anything without a lawyer. Oh, yeah. We'll have to get that when the movie comes out. We'll have to get that as a soundbite of like... They, they know yeah. what's up. They know what's yeah. up. Also, man, we didn't talk much about them because we were talking about everyone else, but like, yeah, I, I love Zendaya. I love Guy Who Plays Ned, who's name i don't remember but like they're real yeah. good they're, they're, I, I like the spider-man universe you know like i like these characters um and they they i i thought they they use them right i think like ned getting to do the magic was cool i it seems like the reset at the end would mean that he's not gonna like team up with dr strange maybe he will but like maybe, maybe not but he's doing a solid job jacob uh batalon yes but yeah, like I kind of felt like they were teasing that, that maybe he was going to go work with Strange. But then I don't know. I, again, I don't know where I don't know what they think happened. Like, I don't know right. what MJ thinks happened to her head, to be honest. 
we were at the Statue of Liberty for some reason and three Spider-Man saved us. Yeah, it's funny. Like it, going forward, they seem it seems like their options are limitless, but also also very limited. Like they've almost painted themselves into the corner of an ever expanding universe. Well, and this is know? kind of the, this is the interconnected thing. And weirdly, Spider-Man has kind of suffered from it before of like. Uh, far from home i i like overall but i think it feels a little clunky because it got stuck with dealing with it had to establish the term the blip and it had to be yeah. the first movie oh, to true, deal with true. the time yeah. jump and had yep. to go like well your time jump really fucks up our plan so all of our characters blipped all of them yeah yeah you yeah, know but like yeah i think the interconnected stuff kind of gets them of like you know i mean tony stark is dead so I guess there's not too much Avenger fallout from, I guess yeah. people didn't really know who he was. It was mainly Tony and Happy and Doctor Strange, I think are the only ones that he like says I'm Peter Parker too. <laughs> True. True. So uh, there, there might not be a lot of fallout there, but yeah, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, where they, how, how they move forward. I'm here for it. I can no, tell you that. No, it's great. I mean, they're doing good work. Yeah. So, and yeah. and look for Andrew Garfield in the Sony-verse. I'm, I'm the yeah. first. I've yeah, made man. that up. Well, welcome, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> yeah, congrats, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and before uh, Lars says his world-famous Spider-Man catchphrase, uh, remember, question everything. And shut up and get a lawyer. And with great power, there must come great responsibility. That's good shit. I like that she did the old school. She did the original. Me too.
here's the thing. Here's my only note on the movie. They did kind of force a go get him tiger in there. I yep. think, I think you could, you could look, it might've undercut it emotionally, but that moment where Peter's in the coffee shop and he finds out that MJ got into MIT and she's like not letting herself get too excited. Perfect opportunity for him to go face it. Go he just him. hit the jackpot. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. You hit well, the jackpot of getting into MIT, MJ. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.